changing bob dylan said it best and wow the times are changing or have they been changing and now we are really starting to notice it because we are locked up in quarantine and we're evaluating our life we're evaluating what makes us happy what makes us tick well me and jake are going to clarify probably some of those thoughts in your head today with this episode we talk about the changes in the schooling system what's happening with automation, with business, with working online, with working differently than the, the traditional career path many take. We speak on relationships in this world of dating apps, sugar daddies, and many more options. That's the, that's the key, the paradox of choice and analysis through paralysis. Anyways, I think you guys will very much enjoy this episode. We try to get our brains thinking, and hopefully it gets yours too. So share this with someone who you think would benefit from hearing it. We would appreciate that very much. Enjoy the episode. Back in black, another Jake and Nick deep dive Deep conversation. Jeez, that was a brutal opening. But uh, Jake, me and you have been talking a lot about kind of the great awakening and so many different things changing in the world. I think they were rapidly changing um, in the past couple of years, obviously with everyone having like a, a smartphone and then the internet. But then um, we we got slapped with the coronavirus and that drastically changed many things something like that really hasn't happened for a long time you know maybe 9-11 for americans was kind of like a, a slap in the face shock but i mean i don't think it's been to something like this extent since like a probably a world war so things are moving quickly things are changing and i think they were rapidly beforehand but now like we were forced to acknowledge this massive change. What do you think? I think you said it best. Things in the past few years have been changing rapidly, but with this coronavirus and the lockdown, I think that sort of accelerated it. And people are realizing, you know, these institutions that we have that keep us, you know, in places almost are kind of a facade, like the whole going to work every day, going to school every day. It's not possible to do from home. And so I think through this lockdown, quarantine, coronavirus thing, once we get to the other side of it, people's priorities and mindset is going to be completely different. Yeah, no doubt. And I think uh, the tipping point has happened with, uh, um, like, say, the media and the government. I mean, I think the 2016 election really kind of showcased that. We spoke about that a lot in that Operation Mockingbird episode, but you know, with the, the virus and stuff and people just not knowing what to believe anymore. And, and, and like you said, um, beforehand, no one could work from home, you know, businesses weren't allowed it, but now that's what's happening. Um, like school, you got school now where you're, you're paying $20,000, a, a 
a semester to do Zoom calls. I mean, so people are kind of starting to see, like, damn, the schooling thing that we bring getting in massive debt, you know, that whole student debt bubble. I mean, is this really what we need to do? And and then also everyone's security. I mean, now the government's bailing out, putting trillions in there so people can survive. No one's been saving. Um, I mean, it is just a, a weird, weird time. But I think with chaos comes clarity, huh? I'd agree. I definitely would agree with the uh, clarity comes from chaos. And I think you, you said it good, too, is that nobody knows what's to, what to believe with this virus. I mean, I'd say it's a pretty even divide. Some people think it's the end of the world. Some people think it's just a major psyop distraction for implementing whatever they want, 5G, martial law, anything. So, And I'm right there in the middle. I don't know what to believe. I mean, obviously, there is a virus and obviously people are being affected by it but is the social distancing that we're doing is that why the numbers are so much lower than that was projected or did they know this and you know the saying never let a good um what is it but you know what i'm talking about never let a good noam chopsky you ever never let a good uh uh crisis go to waste yeah exactly so I don't know what to think about it, but I do think that there is light at the end of the tunnel and that this chaos will bring clarity for a lot of people and we'll see the world changing before our eyes. I mean, we already do. Yeah, and it it is crazy. Um, I think it's because we live in in a world with so many freaking options now, you know, whether you're surfing Netflix for you know, 30 minutes to an hour, can't find a show, you end up going back to the office to rewatch that, um, whether it's in the dating world with relationships and and uh, um, online dating. Like, I think we've been, um, our mind has been so, I don't think the human mind can handle options that much because we can't choose something. You know what I mean, we're more happy when we're told, hey, do this, go this way. You know, and actually you don't get analysis by paralysis or whatever. And I think this is kind of happening now with this quarantine is that people are realizing like, wow, obviously they take things for granted and, you know, going outside and hanging out and and doing all those things. But um, I think like uh, we just brought it up that all this crap, you got to start like kind of evaluating things and 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 realizing and stepping out of um your autopilot mode. And I think, you know, like we've seen a lot of people are like, wow, I took this for granted. I did, you know, this and, and then seeing things for what they are like schooling and like, what am I doing? And what do I, what really makes me tick is making money. All that matters is, is, you know, getting a good job. And I think it's a really eye opening experience for, you know, everyone. Well, they're locked at home, not able to do anything, and they realize that, hey, I don't have many hobbies that are my own, and so it kind of makes you reevaluate everything that you're doing. I mean, luckily for me, I've had this podcast. If I didn't have this, I don't know. I'd be going crazy during quarantine, but yeah, and the whole options thing, too, is I think it just kind of overloads our brain, and then we just come to a standstill and don't know what to decide. And so, I mean, I agree. I think it's, I think it's best though for humans to have different options and choose what they want to do instead of being told. I think, I mean, this quarantine is a great way to look at it. With 
the government basically telling you, you can't go outside, you can't do any of this. And a lot of people are just accepting it and even asking for more of that security and taking away kind of our civil liberties, if you want to put it that way. But once again, I think there is light after this. And I hope that, like you said, people realize that everything they've taken for granted and that their priorities kind of change. You don't need to be this uh, hamster in a wheel working 40 to 60 hours a week, coming home, you know, drinking, doing that for five days, and then just living to go out on the weekends. It's kind of time to come into yourself. Yeah, great point. That is funny how everyone um, just giving up the the liberties and, and begging for more, which is, it's always sketchy when you see the, the celebrities and then you get... Uh, the social pressure because you're bending the rules or you're like questioning. That's when there's a problem. When, when people are like, wait, is this, are these models correct? Cause they haven't been correct. You know, obviously the people creating these models are doctors and, and whatnot that, you know, if they screw up, they're the ones getting the blame. So obviously they're going to err on the side of caution. But the second people start, you know, questioning things and they get uh, attacked for that, for saying like, hey, maybe we shouldn't totally ruin this economy for the future because that will induce more poverty and 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 uh, sadness. And when there's low economic stuff, there's more crime. Like when you start not being able to question that and the effects of doing four trillion dollars, and and then there's a problem when you can't question things. But I want to get into the the good stuff we're going to talk about, and I think that is the key: is that when we were kind of living on autopilot, everything's okay, you know, going to work, going to school, you know, going out at night, you don't really have time to sit and reflect on what, you know, your purpose is, what makes you um, fulfilled. And, you know, people say, and a lot of people start to realize when they get older that the time is going fast. It, if you, especially if you're in a, in an autopilot type routine. And um, now that people are in this quarantine and they're, they're forced to look at their life. And forced to see kind of what made them happy and what do they like and 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 they get that clarity and um so yeah let's kind of get into you know some of this this stuff here jake okay so yeah i guess the overall theme of this podcast was about the world changing and so i think we should get into the part right now with the younger side the younger generation and how you brought it up earlier they're paying you know $20,000 sometimes at the minimum to just take online classes right now. And I think that's helping people realize that they don't need to go to school to learn this stuff because in most cases right now, they are learning it on their own at home using their resources, the internet, friends, family. And of course they still have like online classes, but you're still doing the work by yourself and you don't need to be paying $20,000 a year to learn this stuff you you have the capability to do it on your own whether you actually take advantage of that or you're lazy so there is and we talk about it a lot there is a ton of different routes i know you were saying that if you were in sports you would go back and do it differently yeah so here here's the kind of the, the catch 22 if that makes sense we're talking about options so yes we live in a time now we have so many freaking options compared to the past we have so much more information at our fingertips, you know, before you listened to, to your, your dad say, hey, go to school, get a good job. But we don't really have that um, anymore for us because obviously people are in debt, um, not getting jobs, switching jobs. Um, the Social Security is running out. So you kind of have to 
think outside the box and maybe go your own route. And regarding school, yes. So um, my experience, I got my stuff paid for through um, uh, athletics, which I'm grateful for. And uh, But let's say I didn't play sports. And what I know now, for one, I would never, ever go to like a state school. I would never go to school, a state school, a public, you know, where you pay 40 grand a year right out of uh, high school. And I know people want to get the, the college experience and stuff. But first of all, you're just taking generals. Second of all, you're 18 years old. You have no idea what the hell you're, you want to do for most people. And um, there's, there's options here now. You can, first of all, go to the junior college. Um, that's cheap. You can get your generals done. The same things you would have done at the university. Go to a junior college near a big university so you can go party and all that. But now I really think in what I've seen, you know, these Europeans do, taking that gap year or, or taking uh, the study abroad program. I mean, you guys, the, I'm in Bologna, um, Italy right now, and it's the oldest university still going, starting like, like uh, 1000 AD. And I was talking to someone here, and they go to school for the full year. Their tuition cost two grand, two thousand dollars, and and you don't think this would look good on a resume? The oldest school, historical school, in, in the world that you're paying two grand for, plus add in the total experience of living in Italy, living abroad. Uh, you know that probably adds a lot to your your resume and, and whatnot. But I mean, there's so many different ways. Go take a gap year. And, and travel and people are like, oh, I don't got the money. No, you. there's a hundred billion programs where you can go live on a farm in Spain and, and pick the food, get paid, get a living. You know, that's one year of your life. Then you can figure out, you know, what the hell you want to do. You know what I mean? And think about all the life skills and that you learn while you're doing that. And you also, like you said, you get that experience, but also that experience is going to generate skills that translate to the real world that you're not going to get by going to the state school and another thing you said it 18 year olds don't know what they want to do i've seen a lot of cases where you get to your second or third year and you completely change majors and then you got to start all over again and because well so i sort of changed majors i went i changed like the very very first day i went because you do that pre-thing where you go and sign up for your classes. I chose psychology because I'm interested in that stuff, but I realized that, hey, I'm not a kid that wants to go to school for six, seven, eight years, so I changed to marketing shortly after that. And then another thing I wanted to say, too, is in the majority of the cases nowadays, and I shouldn't say majority, but in a lot of cases, kids that come out with that degree in a certain area or a certain field don't end up getting a job even in that field. And so you just spend all that time. And I know, the like you said, the college experience is fun, but if I were to go back and do it differently, too, I would have taken the gap year. I would have traveled. I would have done all that sort of stuff because, I mean, I still don't have that life experience of going out and seeing the world. And, you know, it's something that I really want and crave. So and that would have been a perfect time because you're still young enough to be have little responsibility, but you're also old enough to, you know, have those experiences and do those sort of things. Well, this goes back to the, the quarantine point, too, that a lot of people are in right now and able to look at their life that they can see kind of like what makes them tick and whatnot because they're stuck is that when you go from right to high school to the college and then you're right into the workforce like you never like stop you never like whoa 
you know, what do I want? You know, you're constantly in that hamster wheel, you know, going, going, going. You don't have time to to take a deep breath and and really think about it. Um, I I just I, I implore people implore. What kind of word is that? Especially if you're gonna go into college or you're like you're sitting at that like middle of the road in college and try to think of different routes or do something. I mean. Online classes are pretty easy. That's what I did, and I think they've changed them a lot now. Because back back when I took them, you could just cheat the whole time, which is that's what I'm saying. Like you you'd pass a class. I'm not learning nothing from this. The best thing I learned from school was um, meeting different people from different backgrounds. Um, you know, the networking, obviously living uh, um, uh, independently, that type of deal. But you can get that from all these different other options that aren't costing you 40 grand a freaking semester. I think a lot of people, uh, cause I have no, I've had these thoughts and I wanted to do something different. I feel like they're either going to be like left behind if they go do something different or they're going to feel just kind of left out. And from my experience, what I have actually, you know, done the opposite and gone against those feelings, everything has turned out well. And I've even felt in some cases, maybe I was farther ahead. So don't be afraid you know, go against the grain and do what other people are not doing. Cause I think that's a big thing that holds a lot of folks back. Yeah. That's a big comfort zone thing for sure. Um, we talked about kind of, uh, the job place now. And, uh, I think, you know, we know a lot of people, um, aren't going to get social security no more. The debts ran up insanely in America. Um, the dollar's not worth as much anymore. Hard to get, you know, good money paying jobs. Um, is uh, you know, trying to figure out different ways or different ideas of how to to make your money and do business. I mean, I read a great book um, when I was like 18. It was How to Get Rich by uh, uh, Felix Dennis. It's a fantastic book. I love that guy. He's dead, um, but one of his main points was. You know, he worked his ass off to this media company. I think he was worth like 500 million or whatever. But the whole time he was persuading people like, okay, I'm going to teach you how to get rich, but don't do it. Like, trust me, it's not worth it. He said, like, we found out what made him tick. He was being on this this uh, island and writing poetry and drinking like wine. And uh, he's a British guy, funny guy. And he, uh, he said, if I would have done it over, I would have uh, worked my ass off or I would have found a way to you know, made the money, make money while I was, you know, living how I wanted to live on that island, writing poetry, drinking wine. And he said, I would have stopped at 10 million. I would have been set for life. I would have been totally fine. Or I would have figured out a different route. It was harder for him because he grew up without the internet like we do. But he looked back and said, I have spent so much wasted time just trying to get that, that more money. And I thought that would make it happen and, and this power. But instead, I could have lived the life I always dreamed of you know, 10 different ways, way easier on me. And then he died and he's like, you know, life goes so damn quick. And he was like 65. He was writing the book while he was dying of like colon cancer or something. But that's like a point now is like, do you really, are you really working? Okay. 401k, you know, you buy the big McMansion house, you got to pay it off in 30 years, your mortgage. Um, you know, then you pop out some kids. So you're constantly like stuck and held back. But is that making you happy? Like is it, so you can retire. I mean, there comes a point too. like, okay, everyone wants to travel or everyone wants to do something and oh, I'm going to do it later. I'm going to keep pushing off. And then you're 60 and okay, great. You want to freaking travel when you're 60? 
and he can't walk. I mean, there comes a point now, like where we're at, is we're not blessed with you work 30 years, you get to retire type deal anymore. Know what I mean? And we got to figure out different ways. And if you're if you get to 60 and you can't walk, go back and listen to our podcast with uh, Aaron Kubel. He explains perfectly how you can get over that and live an active lifestyle later. But what you're saying is so true. Uh, I know personally, you know, my job that I have right now is not very fulfilling. And I was looking for a new one. But then, you know, this whole thing happened and companies are laying off now. But it's during this time, it's really motivated me to, you know, make my own path and do my own thing and not work for, you know, a big corporation where I'm just a cog in the system. Because I don't, I think that's the thing with a lot of people now is they don't feel fulfilled at work because, I mean, to be honest, you're, in most cases, you're replaceable. And, and I think that weighs on people. And I just don't think we're meant to, you know, be going to work at 7 a.m. every day till 5 p.m., five days a week. I mean, just look at, you're sitting in traffic. Think how much time you waste sitting in traffic. It's just a waste of time. And I mean, obviously, it's putting food on the table for your family. But there is alternative routes. And people just, you know, they get comfortable and they don't think they, they think they're going to start it later. And they just keep pushing off or they don't think they have enough time. And I saw something on Twitter yesterday is there's a 50 year old right now thinking that I'm already this old. I don't have enough time to do this. And then he ends up living for 34 more years. And at the end of it, he thinks like, wow, I just wasted 34 years not doing what I wanted to be doing. And so I think uh, what you said, wow, what was his name? Felix Gray uh, said it best. I mean, that extra million, is that really going to you know, make you fulfilled? Is that really going to do it for you? Or could you go live that life on that tropical island and you know, make enough money to live, but you're still happy, satisfied, fulfilled? Yeah, I mean, I think a big thing is with um, American culture and the, the consumerism deal is that we're we're stuck with all our shit we're stuck with the how the six bedroom house when we had two kids and we're stuck with um the car payments and and so many different things that just keep us perpetual debt we're trying to look cool with you know clothing and in that big screen tv and and if you kind of just look at that and like does this crap make me happy because i bet people are sitting in quarantine right now and they're looking at their tv like Damn, I wish I was playing golf. Or I wish I was doing this fun stuff with my friends. Like, and the TV is not that important. Know what I mean, or I think that's a, a big thing. It's kind of what makes our economy go and whatnot. But I, I think that's what holds everyone back. And it's the Fight Club quote. You know, the the stuff that you own ends up owning um, you. Yeah, that's a great point. But I think during this quarantine, I think after it's done, after the lockdown's done and all of that, I think the work layout is going to be changed because people are realizing this kind of a question for you nick in your opinion where do you think it goes from here does it change at all or do we go back to living that autopilot nine to five sitting in traffic living for the weekends yeah i definitely think um things are going to change in business and whatnot and um you know a lot more stuff maybe goes online and and all that but i 100 percent guarantee a lot of people are going to go back to their old ways really quick. Cause I mean, from personal experience, you like know this, like you, you get in routines that are not the best or you, or you just kind of like, Oh, I'll talk to that pretty girl tomorrow or I'll, um, you know, start my blog tomorrow. Cause like 
it's just human nature. It seems like to not what it is is the comfort zone, and that's the key to getting out of this shit. Is like literally just just pushing yourself to when you feel that fear when you say like I don't want to do it, just to do it because then it gets excitement. And that's why like I've said, you know, the traveling and all that is when I started doing that, I felt like I lived like five years when I did it. Know what I mean? Because like you're just constantly out of the flow of it. You're constantly moving, and and that's why I've kind of in my head said like i'm doing this i'm gonna make it happen however i want to make it happen because i want to live this way i don't want to just go back and and work during the day and maybe go lift and and go to a baseball game like it don't excite me like i need to 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 live how i want to live now and do it young but no yeah human nature they're gonna go back i think a lot of people who aren't gonna learn from this quarantine they're going to go back to the old ways, which is what it is. I think it's going to change. I mean, I agree with everything you said regarding human nature and whatnot. But, I mean, I just think that even just from a societal standpoint that we can't go back to the way that it was. Because people are realizing now that they it is possible to do everything from home. And, you know, they were told for however many years that, no, you have to be in the office to do this. We need you here. We need you here. But clearly, it's just a societal structure that is meant to keep you within their kind of boundaries if i want to if i said that correctly but it's to keep you on autopilot but i think now it's it's gonna have to change just and i don't know where it's gonna go i I couldn't tell you but i just think there is gonna be a change um the way society works after this i mean we we can't go back to normal after this it's just it doesn't seem possible Let's not act like um, there's still not a ton of people who can't even work. Like, yeah, you got corporate jobs that can work online and make calls and have meetings, but the people in the factories and doing that kind of stuff, they're literally not working. Know what I mean? So they can't do their job on a freaking... Oh, I'll tell you what will change, though, is the automation. So maybe that happens quicker. They have the cars take over the taxis, the the trucking, and then there's UBI, and maybe that, yeah. Maybe yeah. that comes way quicker. I bet that happens now. The mm-hmm. Teslas and all them, they come in here and say, okay, hey, we got the robots that aren't going to uh, spread this virus. So, you know, your job's gone now. Like uh, automated stuff at the grocery store, blah, 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 all that. I agree. And so, like, that's it's a perfect example of a thing that going forward is going to be different. And so I just think the whole societal layout and structure is going to be changing after this and changing rapidly. But I don't know necessarily if it's a bad thing. I think I've talked to a lot of people, smart people, that have said this is good for us. This is our evolution. We're going to higher planes. So I think it's a time to be excited to see where things go. And, I mean, honestly, this is going to sound kind of weird, but I'm not happy that all this is going on, but I'm happy things are finally starting to change. We're not stuck in that mundane bullshit routine that we've been so caught up in. Yeah, I think it is the the great awakening and... And the numerologists, the psychics, that uh, maybe this episode will be after we had our alley on. But there's been a lot of talk about this stuff for a while, about there's just this awakening happening. And I think the internet totally, totally pushed it. Um, you have something to say or I'm going to move on to the next topic? No, let's go on to the next topic. Uh, relationships. Um, this is uh, quite interesting, I think. I mean... We've kind of had the phone in our hands. I think I got a cell phone. I was like in sixth grade, but the smartphone didn't really happen till till high school, right? And then the yep. dating apps, the dating apps came, the end of high school and then college. But now, I mean, 
the the way of relationships is just totally totally completely changed rapidly from generations know what i mean like we're living in a whole different world yeah well you look at it people in past generations are getting married 18 19 20 years old and now that's almost unheard of and it's when you hear about it when you hear about somebody from high school getting married it's almost like a shock I mean, personally, I'm not even close to being ready for marriage or any of that stuff. But, yeah, you look at the dating apps and how people are meeting now. It's more online. So you have a wider variety of options. And you go back to what you were talking about earlier is all these options. And I think it's yeah, overwhelming yeah. for people because they see they got, you know, 10 new matches on their Tinder. And they can't decide, you know, who, if, if I'm going to set it on with one of them, be with all of them, or kind of do that thing. And I don't think it's wrong to you know entertain a bunch of different people at the same time i don't know if it's healthy per se but i mean i'm not going to judge you for doing it but it's just it's rapidly changing kids are being had at an older age and this is gonna be my conspiracy side coming up but you look at how the media almost kind of hates on the family life and they almost encourage it not to happen and i think that's a problem for a lot of people now especially the millennial uh, generation is you look at the anxiety depression rates and all that sort of stuff and they're not happy and it's because they're not sharing their lives with other people they're not fulfilled they're not you know i don't want to say doing what they're supposed to but they're not they don't have that family life they don't have that support system so you know they so you see the lady or the guy with five cats yeah well uh, a key point too is why you know to give um some benefit of the doubt to these people is that they can't afford kids. Know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, unless they they live in a small town and have a job there, but anyone living in a city, you know, they're they're trying to make ends meet with their job, and they really can't afford to bring someone in there. And you know, that's a that's a problem. And then they got to make their they're still got college debt, or they don't have their own house because people in the past were buying houses at twenty two, and and they gotta you know. If they're still renting they have nothing they don't own nothing so it's kind of hard to, to have a kid right that extra responsibility when they're not even secure right but going back to the the relationships and stuff and obviously with the tinders the bumbles and and all that is the amount of options and it's you know back in the day you're you're in a town and the only options you have are people that you see in the real world and then so you're you're like, okay, that's probably the best I'm gonna get. So I'm gonna settle down or we love each other. But now Tinder, look, I have Tinder passport. I travel. So it's it's a great um app for for traveling and meeting people. You can be anywhere in the freaking world with social media. Um, you know, if you're a good looking person, you, you're on your Instagram, you, you got DMs from everywhere. People there's a lot a lot of people with a lot of money. So maybe in the past the rich guy in Dubai couldn't offer to fly you out from the Midwest in a town, you know, for the weekend because you guys met on, on social media. You, you didn't meet beforehand because you weren't in New York City when he went in there to go on a shopping spree. But now this is readily available. available. And it takes a really kind of strong-willed person to be like, wow, why wouldn't I take a free trip to Dubai and get everything paid for, you know, that, that instant gratification. But maybe if I had to do some... I'll just be straight up. I mean, there's crazy stuff going on now. <laughs> like I've met a lot of people, especially traveling, uh, uh, the sugar daddy, sugar baby thing, and it's it's 
you know, I've, I've talked to older people and they, they're like, oh, that's not happening. I said, I, I, I see it firsthand. Like I talked to these people. I know what the hell is going on. And I mean, if you're a, you know, a decent looking girl on Instagram, you're going to have a ton of suitors that, you know, they'll pay you $200 for um, naked photos. Um, Only fans yeah. app now where these girls are making 50 grand a month for sharing explicit photos every day. And, and here's the thing, like, can you blame a girl? Look, if, if a really, if I was a girl and they're paying you all this money, I mean, it takes a, what if you're struggling with debt too? Cause you're not making money. Right. You know what I mean? I hope I, if I was a girl, I wouldn't have done it, but I mean, it's just different now. It's different how many options people have. Yeah. And I think, boil all that up cumulatively it's it destroys relationships because i know from a man's standpoint if your girlfriend had an only fans i mean that just wouldn't sit right with me i mean i couldn't i couldn't do that personally and you said it with the sugar daddies um, i think you were telling me that they have websites for this now so the people saying that's oh, yeah. not happening there's literally a tinder dating app for sugar daddies and and you said it best i mean if you're a girl in that situation struggling with that um, but even just like the life experience that you get from being flown over to Dubai, but like you said, you do have to do some, you know, things there, there is the strings attached to those type of relationships in most well, cases. Jay, Jay, here's the crazy thing too. There's some older men that are just lonely that are paying girls $500,000 to go to a fancy restaurant with them to have dinner. Not even have sex. I no. mean, in it's crazy. Know what I mean? But here's here's where I think the problem happens is is imagine you're getting that attention and you're traveling all around Europe and doing staying in nice places and I mean how hard is it going to be to settle with Joe Schmo from your hometown or you know because like to be fair looks don't last like know what I mean like and then there's always younger girls and maybe those rich guys go down there so when that happens like if I'm if I've been used to this kind of lifestyle. And then all of a sudden it gets taken away. It's going to be hard for me to be like, okay, yeah, let's go back to the the nine to five life, um, sitting in suburbia, and it's just different, right? Because you've seen so much. And then when you do get in that relationship, it's not going to be healthy because you're going to be craving the adventure, and you may be doing some other activities. And so it's the whole thing it boils down to is just destroying relationships and. I don't know where it goes from here. I imagine it only gets worse. Um, I saw today on Twitter, uh, there was this girl that, that has an OnlyFans, and she just bought a super nice house from her money from that. So they're making an ass load of money. I can't even believe how much money they're making from this. And it's, it's, it's mind-blowing to me. It's absolutely crazy. And like I said a couple minutes ago, if I was a guy in that relationship, call me insecure, call me whatever, but I did. I don't. I wouldn't like it. I couldn't do it. Well, here's the thing, too. It's not just women, right? Because you know, men are on these apps, and let's not say if a girl's like, "Hey, come over here and let's have a one night stand. Let's get after it." You're, it it's not act like you're a Christian boy. You know what I mean? So it's it's twofold, no doubt. But it's it's. I think um, what happens when when you give you get all these options, these instant gratification hits. Like you're scrolling the social media feed, like you're trying to find a show on Netflix and you can't pick nothing because everything's boring. It's not like when you were, you know, a little kid and SpongeBob came on and it was the best thing in the world and you sat watching every commercial and oh, it was amazing, right? It's that's like human nature. 
This is what it is. And maybe like this online, here's what I think it is too. The internet, whether it's relationships, whether it's um, what, when all the haters, all the negativity, the cesspool online is really bringing out human nature. Cause now the internet has gotten rid of the, the, the curtain, right? Cause we, we the society has kind of like made us put on a, an image, right? A mask to fit in and make it run properly. But now the internet, you're free to do whatever the fuck you want. Right. And it's anonymous for the most part, or even the people on Facebook, their names attached to it. They think like they can say whatever they want. It's, and they've never said in the real world. So maybe this internet, this is really just showing, you know, what we really do think inside and what our emotions really are. Well, as inter- the internet gets more intertwined with everyday life and you're, it's more interface and you're basically living through the internet, don't you think it'll get even a little worse? Yeah, I, I mean, I, but I think maybe this corona thing and all this stuff is really slapping people in the face. So I think it's either going to maybe like, whoa, take a step back or maybe go more fully into it. And I just think it's just sad because I think the Internet obviously has done so much good, positive, whatever. But also, like, I don't know. And someone wrote, I think it might have been um, Ted Kulinski, the Unabomber. He talked about the industrial, his manifesto is like fascinating. I'm not saying, you know, what he did was right and all that. But he talked about how the rapid um, um, evolution of like uh, industrial age, then now like the internet and like how the human brain, you know, and we evolved so long over time. And now all this rapid change is just, we can't handle it. We're not meant to have it. And that's maybe why there's so much depression, so much anxiety, so much of this crap is because we can't keep up with this technological advancement. And then you also look at it, it's making people compare their lives more like the, for girls and guys, the one guy has a bunch of nice cars and has a bunch of girls on his Instagram or the one girl's getting flown out and the other girls over here, like, why, why am I not being flown out? Or the one guy is wondering why, why can't I have all that? And so it just makes them compare, and then that gets in their head, and it is a snowball domino effect, and it just gets worse and worse. And then you become stuck. Then you're not acting because, I mean, I could easily say, like, you see somebody has that. Why don't you go out and do it? It's because you're almost paralyzed because you're all these thoughts that are just paralyzing you. Your anxiety's up, and it's, it's dangerous. And that's why you do see, you know, suicide, depression, anxiety skyrocketed right now. Um, not even paralyzed acting start acting detrimental like screw it my life sucks and i'm gonna go post on reddit saying everything else is everyone else's problem and i hate this and that and i think um uh, alexia therapist we've had on in the q a with her made a great point about you know you have no idea what is going on behind the scenes or what they had to do to get there if they're really happy or not i mean that's obvious by now but i'm telling you your conscious being when you're scrolling these feeds and all that or your your subconscious is not thinking those thoughts. You're seeing this and you're comparing everything. And hold on. What I was going to say is back before our phone, we had this phone in our hand. Even we had uh, laptops and whatever, it wasn't as bad. But like, let's say when you only could watch cable news and stuff, you used to only see how the rich people lived on rich people of Beverly Hills. Or what was that TV show called with like, there was the fabulous life of the rich life or whatever. 
And then maybe you can see that and be like, oh, shit. But it was, like, kind of fake, right? It was on the TV. It was like, yeah, whatever. But now you're seeing on your your, your feeds and stuff, everyone's, um, you know, emphasized, um, hyped-up life that they're trying to create and portray. You're seeing it nonstop. So that's where the comparing and, and all that stuff happens because it's, it's not just once a week on TV. It's every freaking second you put up your phone. And – you said it, uh, they go on Reddit and post about how I'm a victim, life sucks. And then you have all these people coming in and agreeing with them. And it's reinforcing the idea that, yeah, we're victims, we can't do anything. And then you have the one guy that comes in and was like, yeah, you can change your life, trying to spread some positivity. And then he just gets shit th- shits on. And so it's just, it becomes a cesspool. We say that a lot. So I just want to touch on that. And then the other thing you said too is that they're, portraying this life this hyped up life and is that really how they're living every second of the day or is that just a facade is that car actually theirs or is it rented is that house actually theirs or is it rented and it, you did, like alexia said you don't know what's going on behind the scenes well i'll tell you what you can you can consciously think this stuff but your your subconscious or whatever the hell is ticking in your head it's seen it and it's not it doesn't know right from wrong it doesn't know fake from not fake it's just comparing so i'm telling you i think i really don't think we were meant to have this internet in these phones now and so you got to do like the breaks and and stop listening to it stop watching it stop doing all that because like the unabomber said again i gotta preface it like i don't agree with blowing up the irs building and you know sending mail bombs to get your message across but there's a lot of points he made in that manifesto that's like, hey, you know, how advanced, how quickly can can we handle this and, and take it? Because obviously, as you see now, it, it's not, I don't think it's working. I don't think it's working for lots of people. And you can look at the stats, back them up with the depression, the anxiety and the, all that. Because I think, I think people were happier in the past. Maybe I'm wrong because here's the thing, too. We are living in like the best times ever with the record low hunger, the record more people are out of poverty. There's a book on this where life's actually good, right? But we don't understand it. We can't see it because all we see on our, our, our phone is the worst thing ever and and this negativity. Well, personally for me, I don't go on Instagram anymore. Uh, it was after I decided to get sober. I was just like, you know, in a low spot, comparing my life to all the other people. And I was just like, I can't, I don't like Instagram. So I, I stay off Instagram for the most part, except for when I'm doing stuff for this. But uh, I do agree with everything you just said. Hey, we're not meant to be wired like this. We're supposed to be out, you know, living our lives, not glued to a screen. Because we are basically living through a screen now. I mean, I'm just as guilty of it because I, on Twitter, YouTube, Netflix, all that, that's what I do in my free time a lot of the times but I'm trying to change that now and so I think for a lot of people it is just you know setting time frames for when to go on Twitter I see I talk to my therapist about Twitter all the time because I she asked me what's going on in your life Jake what's some of your problems and it's just like I cannot get off Twitter sometimes and she told me you know just set a certain time frame that you want or set a goal for how much time you want to spend on it for a day or you know have something you need to accomplish before you can sit on it for a and so I think that's a good thing for everybody to do. And I've begun to do it and it has helped quite a bit and helped me get off of it because it can just get so addicting just sitting there scrolling, getting dopamine hit after dopamine hit. Yeah, I'm going to leave this with um, uh, one point uh, to tie it back to the sugar daddies is, look, imagine being 55, 60 years old and having enough money to fly someone out to a five-star restaurant across the world like – 
imagine how lonely they are meeting someone on the internet doing that. So that person is probably not that happy, even though he's got the Instagram photos with the Lamborghini and all that. So there's a point there. But then the other point is just this options. And I think it's it's a really we're seeing it now because we don't have as many options being in quarantine. But that's why we're kind of being able to like see the clarity before this. But maybe too many options is not good for you. And find there's a theory behind this. It's like a, a thing about the human mind with options and we can't freaking handle it, whatever. But try to maybe limit your options or choose one and go all into it. Something where you just don't... The biggest key with this options thing is the instant gratification, the long-term satisfaction. Like, are you just getting the hit of the dopamine for the instant? Or maybe are you building something long-term and and being fulfilled on a day-to-day basis type deal? That makes sense. I think that, yeah, I think that's a really good point is start to, you know, stray away from the instant gratification and look for that long, long-term satisfaction, build something. I want to end this kind of on a positive because it did just get a little like piling on there. I do think that this time what's going on right now is meant to be happening. It is necessary for us to evolve to that next step and go forward with the human race. So I think that there will be good that comes out of this. It seems like whenever humans are put their backs against the wall and forced, you know, fight for a better future. We usually do come out on the other side of it um, better. So, like I said, I do think the world is obviously changing and it's changing rapidly, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think that this quarantine is really helping us realize that, you know, we are one and the same. We're not all divided like they tried to do to us, put us in different categories that we do need to come together and make this world that more livable for everybody and i do think that that is happening right now so i think in the grand scheme of things and how the world is changing that we are going to come out on the other side better and happier oh here's a good point um journal your feelings right now write down what you miss what you will do differently when you're out of quarantine um i know jake has a tattoo of something personal to kind of remind him to stay on a good path I here's an example of something I did in the past to kind of keep me grateful and keep me in the zone. I I went in uh, college football um, with uh, another quarterback and I didn't start the first game. And I, I, I always remember that I ended up starting whatever after. And I, I put a photo up of him in my locker. So when I, when I was high and everyone, Oh, you're the man Rooney. I would look at the photo and be like, okay, I remember when I was the clown I remember when I wasn't starting and that, that got me, snapped me back in into reality. So like this quarantine thing, you know, maybe don't get a face tattoo about quarantine, but something that reminds you to freaking live and be grateful and be in the moment and, and just remember these times. That's a good idea. Have something there just to remind you. And on the journaling too, thing too, I actually journaled the other day for the first time in a while. I kept saying I was going to. And then uh, Psychic told me to, whatever. And so I did it. And she just even said, you know, you don't need to go in with something specific. Just start going writing down your thoughts and your intuition will put it onto the uh, paper. So just start writing. And then it's hard to stop. You keep going, you'll realize things. But yeah, make this time to get a reminder for yourself to you know, always remember to live. What's that tattoo you got? Uh, I got a tattoo on my left forearm 
of after I got sober for the first time. It was so I actually did relapse afterwards, but it's a letter from my parents uh, that they wrote me. I think it was for my birthday a couple years back. And my dad, I have it in my dad's handwriting and my mom's. Dad says, belief in yourself is a powerful tool. I'm always proud of you. All my love, dad. My mom says, you have an amazing future ahead of you, and I will always be here for you. All my love and more, mom. So, I mean, if I ever think about drugs, just kind of look at that and be like, you don't want to disappoint them or, you know, you know what I mean. No doubt. It's powerful. Hi, guys. Um, hope you enjoyed the episode. Talk to you next time. Like, subscribe, follow, you know, all that.